We have been challenging our faith. I grew up in church. I just took it for granted everybody did. Every Sunday, we were headed to church. And as little kids, we always had those clip-on ties and those shirts that are dress shirts. And mother had us all fixed out. And, of course, she and dad looked good. And on Mother's Day, we wore a rose, either a red one if she was still alive, a white one if she wasn't. So those are some of the traditions that a lot of y'all don't know about in the dark ages. I promised it happened back there. Uh, that's when you actually got a telephone and you would dial a number. And it was black. All of them were black. <laughs> There's somebody that knows what I'm talking about. But I grew up in church. I didn't challenge it. I accepted the fact that Jesus Christ was my Lord and my Savior. I, uh, I was there listening to the preachers sometimes. And y'all know what I mean. <laughs> and through the years, I just evolved in a relationship that got closer and closer and closer as I spent more and more time with him. But I also know that mine might be, for some people, a unique situation because that's not the family environment that they had. And they may be challenging the word. And during these last two, now the third week, I'm going back to try to verify the fact that, yes, there is a God... And yes, He is the creator of the universe. And yes, we have a book of 66 separate books written by 40 some odd authors. And we have the Word of God right here in our hand. If, if we'll pick it up. I remember going in the house and praying with the lady, and I was going to refer to a certain scripture, and she could not find her Bible. She says, I know I've got one here somewhere. Let me go check in the bedroom. Let me check in the living room, which tells me it's been a long time since she went to the Word, the Word of God for support. Sometimes you'll go into the house and they'll have to dust it off first. If you want to have a true walk with God, then you've got to know Him. You've got to know Him personally. You know, uh, Einstein said the theory of relativity is that when you sit down on a hot burner, three seconds seems like three hours. And when you're having a walk in the park with the lady you love, three hours seems like three seconds. My suggestion is that each and every one of us spend the time Spend the time 
getting better acquainted with the Lord. See what is written in there from Genesis to Revelations. Go in there and tear it apart. From that, I mean, be skeptical. Try to investigate. Try to determine, okay, is this true or not? Does this make sense? Because the more you dig into it, the more you're going to find out what a holy book this is. And I have done more so in this last three weeks. And it's done nothing but to fulfill what I already knew that this word is true. This word is a miracle in and of itself that it could ever come together like this. From the beginning to the end of writing the Word of God was approximately 1,500 years. 1,500. And yet, each one of them have something in common because each author knew God. The one God. And He never changes. And so your experiences in life will be different from mine, but we're still going to the same God. And so the authors are talking about their experiences with God. If we, each one of us, wrote down our experiences with God, it would be different, wouldn't it? Even if we wrote about this morning's service. It would be different for each one of us, what we picked up on, what we saw what we didn't see, you know, it would be a little different. But the bottom line is, we're here to worship a God that loves us so much that He sent His Son for us, to die for us, for our sins. We know that we are sinners. We know we are not perfect. I love the story by Joyce Myers saying, you know, when she'd go to church with the family, they, it was like they lost their religion before they got to church. They were arguing about what we're going to have for dinner, where we're going to go, what is Johnny supposed to be wearing, you know. And then they'd pull up in a parking place and walk in and say, I praise the Lord, love the Lord, Lord is good. And then after service, they'd get back in the car and then they'd start right at it again. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Been there and done that. I wondered all those many years, how did mother even have a religion trying to get three boys there? She had to have faith. But the more you go into it, the more you know Him. And the more strength you have. When you have a phone call from someone that is crying and reaching out for help, and, and she's saying that there's nothing I can do to please anybody. Anybody. I try to please she is a pleaser. Some of y'all know what that's like. And yet she was in tears. I wanted to fix it. But it's not like a water faucet that you can just reach up there and turn it off and on. And she knows the Lord. But she also knows the pain that we have in life. My guess is that she went to the Bible and she did some reading and she did a lot of praying. But it's difficult. You have difficult times. You have difficult times. And when 
the person you love the most does not have an on and off switch to take care of that for you, turn to Him. For He is always there and He will fix it in some form or fashion. Sometimes it's very subtle. And you get on down the road and you say, Oh my, I'm not having that issue now. I've done that a lot of times and not even bothered to say, Thank you, Lord. But I know who fixed it. I know who responded to the prayers. A lot of people think that this earth was formed out of a big bang. And when it happened, all of the different galaxies, the millions of them out there were formed. And uh, ours was with the sun and the planets. And out of that, there's one unique place, and it's called earth, that it has grass, trees, waters, blue skies. It just so happens. Now, it all came from one big explosion, one big rock out there, the Big Bang. But... We're so different. I can't phantom that, folks. I cannot even begin to phantom that. Because everything is in sync. The different galaxies, the different stars, everything on this earth, from, from gravity to, to miracles, we see God's hand all around us. So I can't buy into that. And those individuals that are uh, believing in the revel, uh, revel uh, what am I thinking? The evolution doesn't even start with an R, does it? Evolution. You know that fish came upon the uh, bank, flopping around, and did that long enough. And through the years, then it became a person or a part of a person, then evolved more and more into a person. Uh, or maybe it was that monkey swinging from the tree that uh, all of a sudden started shedding all the hair and it stood upright. And, uh, no, no. Where did the water come from that the fish was in? Where did the fish come from? Where did the monkey come from? Where did the tree come from that he was swinging from? Where was the oxygen? Where was that from? There is a God. There is a God and He created this wonderful place for you and me. Read Genesis and it shows we were the last part of the creation. See, everything else was so beautiful. And now He created His children so he, they could see the wonders of his hand. Man made bad decision right off the bat. Well, I'm not even going to ask for hands. I'm not going to ask you how many of you have already made bad decisions today. We all make bad decisions and some of them are more costly than others. But usually, the toughest ones are the ones we learn from and grow from. You know, somewhere along the line, I put my hand into a fire, into a flame, and I hadn't done it since on purpose. 
You know, some lessons we learn quicker than the others. Sometimes we got to do it several times. You know, it's kind of like hitting your head up against this wall and that wall's just not going to cave in and your head's going to get sore and sore. But He did it for you and me. The beauty, the skies, the blue, the grays, the thunderstorms. He's talking to us with a cloud of thunder lightning that shoots across the sky. Yes, we have a God, and He did create the earth, and the Bible recorded it. And as we read through the Old Testament, we talk about the relationship that individuals had over a thousand years ago with God. The same God you and I worship today is the same one that they were worshiping then. And we turn back, as I did with Jeremiah 29, 11, and 13 this morning, we still go back to those words that they wrote. For they're as true today as they were then. I want you to... uh, I want you to hear, if I can just thumb over there, I thought I had my marker on it. I don't. But in Isaiah, the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, Isaiah is talking about a Savior. And he describes it to a T. He describes Jesus Christ. He's talking about a Savior coming. And this is 600 years before Jesus Christ was born. But you don't have to read it twice to know that He is talking about our Lord and our Savior. These individuals like Isaiah, he didn't know Jesus. But he knew the Messiah was coming and God put it on his heart about the crucifixion and about giving up his life and being taken to the cross. 600 years before Jesus. God put it on his heart. And throughout the Old Testament, you'll see different references to the New Testament, to Jesus Christ, his miracles. You will see it. You will see that it's the preparation for God's children so that they will know that there is a Messiah and He is coming. He is coming. And when He came, so many, so many would not accept. Not even those that were the well-educated that knew the Word so well. They would have known about Isaiah and his teachings. They would have known about David and his prophecies. But they didn't think it would be a little country boy, if you will, coming from a little community, Nazareth, and the father being a carpenter. They wanted another David to come riding in on a chariot. I don't know if they thought he was going to be born on that chariot with white stallions or what. But that's what they were looking for, a king. 
that could slaughter thousands and ten thousands. We got a king, all right. We got a king that without even firing a shot has taken over the hearts of billions. Napoleon once said that the most powerful king of all was not he, Napoleon, was not any of the other kings that you might read about before that. And Napoleon said, each and every one of us that he mentioned, we took over kingdoms of countries with force in battle. But Jesus has taken over the world with love. The most powerful king of all is Jesus Christ. Some may say that it's fiction. The New Testament is fiction. Where are the recordings? Where where is the documentation? We don't even have documentation of his crucifixion. The Romans were executing so many people by crucifixion, they didn't even record all their names. The Pharisees, Sadducees, they didn't write it down. Where's your proof? The disciples wrote the story in the Gospels. They recorded it probably about 30 years 30, 35, depends on which one you go to after his death. Mark wrote the first one, but it wasn't that many years separating his from others. And in that, they wrote about his miracles. 5,000 people are fed. That's recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Calming the storm, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Jesus walking on water, Matthew, Mark, and John. They didn't sit down together like when I was in tech, then a lot of times just get at a place that's peaceful and quiet where you can study was the library. These guys didn't have a library. They didn't have paper and pen. They didn't have computers. They wrote their story from their heart. And it was a labor of love. So when people tell you that this is all fiction, what's the odds of them writing stories that so inclined that they all come together? I had breakfast with a group of guys yesterday, and I'll bet you money that if we sat down and wrote stories about that, there would be a lot of difference in the different stories that are told and what we did, what we discussed. And yet these guys talk about Jesus Christ and His miracles, what He did and how it affected them, about their words out there. People are saying they're lying. Saying they're lying. 
If they were lying, why did they stick with those lies to the point in time that they were martyred? That they were martyred. They gave their life for Jesus Christ, literally. Hopefully you and I will live our life and give our life to Him so that our life will reflect His love and someday somebody won't have to ask, who is it that this preacher is talking about? That they'll know that they're talking, the preacher is talking about somebody that loved Jesus Christ. These guys gave their life as martyrs in painful, terrible deaths. And all they had to do, and this is what the Romans and the Jewish people wanted the leaders, is just one of them to say this is a lie. Because it shatters the whole story if one of them said, no, he didn't calm any storms. He didn't raise Lazarus from the dead. No, we made up that story about him him, uh, raising up from the tomb himself. We did steal his body. One person. If one person had said that, the whole thing would have been up. We wouldn't have this New Testament whatsoever. We'd say, Jesus who? But every one of them died a terrible death. Being beheaded, being hung on... uh, St. Andrews, he was hung on one that was like an X. And he was tied to that and they wanted him to die a slow death. So it took him days. But he is considered a saint in Russia, in Greece, and in Scotland. Because even hanging there for those many days... All he'd had to do is say, hey, time out. I want to reconsider this. But not a single one, not a single one gave up on Jesus Christ. And think of the millions that have died in very violent ways since then for Jesus Christ. And not a single one of them were forced to worship Him. But neither could they be forced to deny Him Because they knew on a personal basis that Jesus Christ lived. Jesus Christ lives today. He lives in our hearts today just like He did with the the disciples. Thinking about those 12, 13 people, apostles like Paul, thinking about those individuals that literally spread the Word throughout the world without any violence. Only with love. Only with love. So yes, God created this world. God blessed the words, each and every word that went into this Bible. It is blessed by God. And yes, Jesus Christ is His Son. Not was His Son, but is His Son. And He lives. He lives today. And I hope you feel that that Holy Spirit in you so you will know the joy, the true joy of Jesus Christ. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. Your Word that is a roadmap to You. Let us be wise enough that we will seek you. Seek you and 
worshiping with other believers and seek you through the word that is printed in that holy book. Dear Lord, we humbly come to you for we know the price that's been paid for our salvation. If it was not for that unconditional love, there would not be a place for us in heaven. But it is unconditional. You've already hung on the cross. Your body's been broken. Your blood has been shed. And three days later, you arose from the dead. Hallelujah. 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 It's in your name we pray, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.